Welcome back to part three of the Speedy Messenger on Stories for Men with me, Marcus Pipworth. If you haven't listened to part one or two, then please do go back and listen to them first. And then the story will make a lot more sense to you. Please do head over to my Buy Me A Coffee page to support my work and have a look at my website to see if any events are coming up that you could be part of. But now let's jump back in and look for little Semyon and engross ourselves in part three of the Speedy Messenger. So when we left little Semyon, he had fallen over the cliff. He'd been thrown over the cliff. And there we may think he met his end. But no. Out of the sea came a giant hand, the hand of the sea king, as foreseen by those hermits so long ago. The sea king dragged little Semyon down, down, down to the bottom of the sea, to his palace. And he placed little Semyon in a dungeon. In the deepest, darkest dungeon. And there, little Semyon was doomed to spend the next year. A whole year. So close had he been to fulfilling his dreams, to bringing the king his weapons, to helping with this wonderful victory, forgetting the love of his life, this beautiful Princess Maria, for inheriting a kingdom. And now he was forgotten about in a dungeon. Oh, how he wept. He wept and he wept and he wept. He was bored. He was frustrated and he was upset. He was sad beyond sad. And after a year passed, the sea king brought him up from the dungeon. Are you bored, little Semyon? Have you wept? I've wept so much. I have wept and I have wept, said little Semyon. Do you want to go back to the land of men? Yes, more than anything, please let me go. At midnight tonight, I shall place you on the shore. And when the sun comes up, you will be free. At midnight, the sea king did place little Semyon on the shore. And then he himself returned to the sea and little Semyon waited. And he waited, he waited, shivering on the beach. Until just before the red sun was about to burst over the horizon, the sea king came and snatched him back and took him back down. Took him back down and placed him once more in the dungeon. For a second year, little Semyon was trapped in a dark, dark cell, a dark, damp cell, forgotten about, weeping, eating just stale crusts of bread, 
when it was provided, rats when there was nothing else. His hair grew, his beard grew. A year, another year passed and the sea king once more brought him up and he said to him, little Semyon, have you wept? Little Semyon, are you bored? I'm so bored and I have wept. I have wept and wept and wept. Please let me go. Would you like me to put you back in the world of men? Please let me go. That night at midnight, the sea king did the same thing. He placed him back on the shore. Again, Semyon waited on that cold, cold beach until just before the sun rose and the sea king came back for a third time because we are in storyland and things always happen in threes and he took him back down, down, down into the dungeon and for a third year little Semyon was imprisoned. In that dark dungeon he wept he wept and he wept. He thought about all those things he hadn't got, all those things he'd lost. His hair grew, his beard matted, his hair matted, his, what's left of his clothes rotting away until his pale body with the sun absent from his skin for so long. Until after that third year had passed and once more the sea king took him up from the dungeon. Have you wept, little Semyon? I've wept and wept and wept and wept. I am so bored and I have wept. Would you like me to release you to the world of men? Please let me go. For a third time, little Semyon was placed on the beach at midnight and the sea king himself went back to the sea. Little Semyon waited. Please let me see some sun, please. And this time, the sun pushed through over the horizon. Imagine those rays, three years since he'd seen the sun. Oh, it was blinding, he covered his eyes. But he knew in that moment that he was free. He didn't know why, but he went back to look at the Bayberry bush to see if the weapons were there, but no. He went to that battle site and he could see the remnants of a battle, but years, years old. And so he knew he must head back to the palace of the king. And so he did. He set off and first he ran as that fleet-footed stag over woodlands and forest. Then he ran as the hare across barrow and burrow. And finally he flew and flew as that little bird with the golden head. Once more he got to that threshold of the palace and he turned back into his human form. He burst through the big oak doors of the main hall. And there he saw a wedding, a wedding just about to take place. A wedding between his beloved Princess Maria and that deceitful general. Everyone in the hall turned to look at the door. You could hear gasps running around. Imagine what they saw. A man 
who had spent three years, three years in the bottom of a dark prison, a man with matted hair and beard, a man naked, a man so dirty and smelly, none of those noble people in the palace had ever smelt anything like it, not even in their stables. But Princess Maria, she looked as she saw those eyes, those same eyes she'd seen before three years ago, and she knew, she knew who this was. She said, Father, King, listen to me. This man beside me, this general is not the man that I should be marrying. It is this man, Semyon, who brought your, who came and got your battle mace and sword. It is him who I should marry. How dare you? What are you talking of? said the general. This is just lies. Father, I have proof. She reached in, she pulled out that red silk handkerchief she kept close to her heart so long and she undid that little ribbon and she pulled out the tuft of stag hair. The little Semyon knew what to do. Immediately he turned into the stag and he ran once or twice around the room and he came to rest by Princess Maria and she placed that piece of fur and it matched up exactly to the neck of the stag everyone could see. Next, little Semyon became the hare. He capered around the room once or twice and he leapt up onto her lap. She took the piece of fur from the hare and put it against his neck. Another match. And finally, Semyon turned into that little bird with a golden head. He flew all around the congregation, up into the rafters and down onto Princess Maria's hand where she held up that golden feather for all to see. Semyon retook his human form and the king could see that he had been lied to. Take him away, he said. The men at arms grabbed the general and he was dragged out of the room and that is the last we ever will see of him. A wedding was to take place. But first, that wild man was taken away. He was cleaned and shaved and dressed in fine clothes. And soon he stood at the front of the hall next to the beautiful Princess Maria. And a wedding, grander than any wedding that had ever been seen in the kingdom, took place. They were married. And as far as I know, unless they have died, they still rule there today. And that, my friends, is the speedy messenger. We've got some time left, so let's just do a, another, just a, a deep, deep breath together. Let's do one more. And then whoever feels called, say what, what jumped out of you? What was unresolved? What was resolved? What frustrated you? What filled you with joy? I'd like to think a bit more about the 
the seeking and the prison and stuff like that. I'm totally, I'm totally there right now. I've experienced a lot of betrayals in the last six to nine months and um, work relationships, romantic relationships and um, just general. Also, I think, although I'm like a sort of card carrying anarchist, if there is such a thing, it's like seeing the scale to which shit is being mismanaged on a, on a, local, national, global scale also feels something like a betrayal and there's not really any sense of a future, but also some other very specific things that have happened in my life. And it's that feeling of just like, oh, I'm trapped in this prison. And he comes out of the prison and he just stays on the beach and he gets snatched back in. And so many times so far since like this, this period began for me, I've tried to like make a break for it. I've tried to like begin a new phase of life or start a new thing and then very quickly find that I'm just like totally not there yet. I've totally run out of steam or way beyond um, yeah, capacity. And so it's really, really teaching me patience and dormancy and being able to handle being like stuck. So I would like to think a bit more about that image because he's just there getting like frustrated. He's just really frustrated for, th for three years. But the, the coming out onto the beach and not moving. Mm. Like I, also, I, I really resonate with that. That's sort of like um, you've forgotten how to be free in a sense or... Yeah, it's only till the sun, when the sun gets to rise and touch his face, it's, it's like, you know, the world is still a shitty place when he comes out of the prison. But as soon as the sun rises, it's like, okay, I can understand a little bit more of the warmth of this, this world right now. So yeah, it has, I feel like that has something to say about that, like, yeah, betrayal and dormancy and not necessarily just betrayal in terms of like a personal betrayal, but sort of like being betrayed by our own, like, attachment to the future or ideas about what's going to happen like things not adding up to what we expected but yeah the real having to account for the real cost of that and the dormancy being dormant being being stuck being lost for a while are like yeah important parts of the cycle whereas i always try and rush through them Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, that part as well. I thought like the sea king grabbed him three times. I thought the I thought on the third time what what I thought was going to happen was he was going to be like, "No, I don't have any more tears. I I've given up." And then the sea king was going to be like, "Okay, you're not. You've given up your like intense desires. Now you're ready to be free in the land of." men so i'll put you back you know i thought it was gonna be some type of like release your attachment type deal but it wasn't it was just like no i cried again it sucked again i still want to go and uh and then so then i was like okay well I, we have no i have no idea what the reason is for these th for these three years it's just like kind of seems so arbitrary but you, i really resonated with that as well it's like sometimes you get in these cycles and you're just like 
I cannot find the reason why this is happening. You know, maybe there is one, but it just seems like I'm in this. It's like it happened again. You know, how can I? Is there a lesson? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just going to end on the fourth time or the third time. You know, so that that really kind of resonated with me on some of like some sometimes when you feel like you're cycling in challenges and, you know, my personal development brain is like, I can like, you know, like shift my energy out to get out of this kind of thing. But maybe sometimes I just got to go through it three times, you know, for no reason that, you know, so uh, that was one thing. And then the other thing that really got stuck with me is, is Maria, you know, she said she was going to wait and she, and essentially she did as much as she could, but I mean, not, not thinking of her as like a, ro a romantic reward, but just like the idea, it just really, it just really put in me this, uh, this idea that like the thing you love is like the thing you're seeking is also seeking you. And even if you go through those three years in the darkness, the thing you're seeking you is, is still kind of like waiting for you to show up and be who you really are, your wild, smelly self, and it's going to recognize you, you know? And it's like, you know, he would have, he never thought that in the dungeon. He could have never known that in the dungeon, but that thing that he was kind of, you know, destined, but that thing in his heart that he was going for was also waiting for him to show up, you know? And that, that just feels really good to think about that. Like the, these the things I have in my heart that I'm pursuing or that I'm stepping into, it's, it's like this idea that maybe I wouldn't have that implanted in me if there wasn't somebody or some thing waiting for me to show up that way. So that's what, that's what really got me there. And I, I really like that part. Thank you. That, 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 this, I mean, this bit is the, the bit which when I first heard the story, I, that, that was the, the, the bit for me that I really identified with as well. And I think it, there's something about grieving and like this idea about like how we're, especially I think men sort of encouraged to sort of just move, either move through grief quickly or not grieve at all and sort of to hide that and to, to, to be sort of strong and, like sort of like real men don't cry sort of thing. And it's, and I think there's something powerful, really, really powerful and necessary about grieving for, for the things that we've lost or for the things that we haven't, haven't yet got to maybe, but also for the world. I think that there's a lot of grief that we need to sort of process it's generational grief, grief around sort of our um, sort of, our, our smallness in some ways in the face of like what's happening and and, and like uh, like with corporations and I, I i think there's something really really powerful to say about grief and yeah and i think sometimes you grieve for some time and you think right i've done it now let's get on with it and actually no you need to go down and really find that wild man inside and keep going and in, until you've done it all and then probably do it again and uh yeah, I, 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 it really resonates with me a lot. Okay, good. Uh, I, I would. Uh, I, I was uh, thinking uh, about the same, the same point when he was uh, sitting in a dungeon, but this is what he asked for. 
in the very beginning, he asked to, uh, to, to weep. And this is why he got it. Because there, then is there no reason for the seeking? Because on the other, other hand, he could go home and marry Maria and live happily ever after. But he asked for grief, for, for, for weeping, because if he does, would not be weeping in this life, he would be weeping in the, in the next one. Mm. So uh, this is why he got what he was, what he asked. And uh, yeah. it brought me, when you were now speaking about the man and grief and uh, this, uh, that uh, men don't cry. Uh, on the other hand, men all quite often ask uh, for something they get them. And then they, maybe not just men, uh, but uh, you want something and you then, then you got it. And then you realize, well, if I wouldn't have asked it, I would maybe be happier, but uh, then you need to go through it. So. This was my observation and nice picture. Thank you for that. Mm. Well, I really like what everyone said actually in this uh, follow-up. Um, and thank you, Marcus, for some amazing storytelling. It was just an extremely immersive experience for me. Um, I guess the thing I'm left with is just I'm super impressed um i i guess it's quite a common trait in a lot of fairy tales but um I'm, sorry sorry um i'm i'm super impressed by little simeon's complete lack of cynicism and his like no matter what life throws at him he he never becomes embittered he just kind of carries on on his mission. And I think that contrasts like so harshly with the world I perceive us to live in, you know, a, a world, and maybe it ties in with the kind of entitlement thing I mentioned earlier, but just the sense of like as individuals, as like individual strong men or strong humans, it doesn't have to be a masculine thing, but I think in a way it is, you know, we can gain some power over our lives and have control and manifest our dreams and all of that stuff and yet little simeon is firstly he's little he's little simeon and secondly he lives in a world of gods of power of like mystical forces like completely out of his control and he's got this calling he's got this calling that he's gonna have to weep for and he does it and he goes ahead. He doesn't become embittered or cynical. And I just, I find that incredibly inspiring. Um, and it leaves me with a, yeah, an awareness of our, our lack of um, awe-inspiring mythology or gods in so many of our worlds in the modern day, in, you know, in our, in, in, on modern day earth and how that contrasts with Simeon and his world. For me, we're talking about little Simeon, but after, after his three years in, in the dungeon with the seeking, he's not little Simeon anymore. He's transformed into a man. He's released to the, to the land of men. So for me, it's like a, a rite of passage that he had to go through. Um, 
and which goes with grief and weeping and being bored apparently. Um, so it, it's it, it's the growing up phase uh, for me. Um, and maybe for um, like, like Rodri and, and David mentioned, it, sometimes it's it's you have to wait for three times for, for it to be allowed or to to get where you want to get to. Uh, in real life, it can be th three times, four times, five times. But you have to, like little Samuel, you have to keep that belief that you will get there in the end. Eventually, you will get there. That's the you have to keep that belief because if you don't hold that with you, then I think you're not going to get through the three year, uh, the symbolic three years of, uh, of the story. Yeah, I'll just, uh, yeah, if it's okay, just one thing that leading on from that, I guess, uh, from Dominic was, I was thinking about the general and um, the fear when, when I was in the story, or what if I'm the general and I'm found out as a fraud uh, or somewhere I shouldn't be. Um, but then when Dominic was talking there about the rites of passage and going from being a boy to becoming a man, I was yeah really thinking about how it's important that we don't have obviously have those rites of passage in our Western society so much. Well, I certainly didn't. And although I'm not an old man, middle-aged man or something, um, maybe it's time to to try and you know to realize that I can I can come I've come through from boyhood to manhood and and I can get rid of the general well not get rid of the general but embrace the general and uh yeah be this different type of man as well yeah I don't know I don't know if that makes sense but um something that stuck or resonated with me was just the whole um trying to understand when this fairy tale was written and it's 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 timeless for one of the better phrase. There's, there's stuff that kind of I assume was really relevant when it was written. There was obviously a message to it and however many decades or I don't know, hundreds of years later, there's still the world still we're still asking ourselves those same questions all this all that all this time later and i think that that says something about um human spirit and human nature that is 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 timeless and i and uh that's that's what really struck with me um yeah yeah i think one of the things similar to what most of you guys have said anyway um but with the the dungeon and it's just the world kind of well firstly the weapons get stolen off him and that's kind of your metaphor for something bad happening in your life that flips everything like suddenly everything looked great something happened and then you suddenly got dragged into this dark hole that you cannot get out of like rodri said you get near the top you think you're coming out and then you go back down again and some metaphor potentially for depression or anything just getting stuck in a hole um but then similar to what James said, it's kind of inspiring to see that he, he doesn't get brought down. He doesn't become cynical. And then in the end, he goes through these trials and tribulations stuck in this hole, but he kind of keeps believing them. And eventually when he, 
sort of it comes he gets through it similar to david said it didn't seem like any significant sign like ah i see the light but suddenly after this period of time suddenly has a, a breakthrough and he gets through and it's he doesn't give up and i think that's kind of a thing to look at like it's inspiring just keep the belief yeah don't give up on yourself kind of thing thank you and where scott you have to go like in about a minute on the dot did you... um i i think i'm still i think i'm still processing quite a lot of the story so i maybe don't have anything to add apart from i really like the question you know what remains unanswered and i think i'm just gonna uh hang out with that question for a bit and try and try and fill my way into an answer around it um you know i think there's probably um for me the wider story is is a metaphor for us searching for a way to be a man in the world and there's many men that appear in this story successfully and unsuccessfully and you know the journeys that they go on and this question of you know what remains unanswered is is sort of a live question right in my life right now like what parts of my life remain unanswered what quests do i still have to go on so i really like that question i'm going to hold on to it and as i said in my chat message just wanted to thank everybody and um, it's been really amazing my intention was to to kind of see what connection there was and yeah much love to everybody i felt very connected lots of different countries lots of different people and yeah lovely to see some um old faces and really lovely to see some new ones too so thank you everybody and especially marcus for bringing this together thanks scott thanks, thanks marcus. and there we have it thank you for joining for all three parts of little semyon's journey i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got something out of it were there parts of the story that resonated with you? Were there characters you connected with, characters you didn't connect with, characters you thought were underrepresented? Were there things that frustrated you, things that brought joy to you? Did you see areas of your life reflected in the story or areas of society reflected? What about the discussions? Did you listen to them? Did you connect with any of the points? Did you disagree? Did you agree? Please do contact me i want to hear your input into the discussion it means a lot if you're listening on the platform anchor then you can leave voice messages if not contact me via email or social media and uh, please do head over to my website there you can find information about upcoming storytelling events that you could be part of and also head over to my Buy Me A Coffee page. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Marcus Pibworth if you can support my work in any way. And that would mean a lot to me. But please do, if you've got value out of this, the most important thing you can do is share it with your friends, share it with other men in your lives, not just men, women as well. Share, share, share. And please do join for the next session, which will be... The telling of the Scandinavian tale, The Lindworm, which is a really beautiful one for getting under the skin and exploring our shadows. 
So thank you for joining us, for joining little Semyon and for joining the rest of the men. And I hope to see you back here next time. Goodbye.